Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Women on Fire. This is Jamie, and today I have my co-host, Daniela. Aloha. And we have a special guest today, and I would love to let her introduce herself because she knows herself the best, um, and she's a wonderful sister of ours here on the island of Oahu, and I'll let her take it away. <laughs> Aloha, I'm Summer Yadao. Um, I have three children, 16, 14, and four. She's going to be five, actually, in a few weeks. Uh, Jamie and I have known each other for a very, very long time, <laughs> doing birth work here. And then Daniela also, it's been been a few years since we've, we've met and done things with um, birth and life. But um, I was invited on because of... Uh, the work that I've been doing just like as a person so I just wanted to kind of share like um my my story and it like starts from even before I was born so it, Ooh, it goes all the way back yeah but I won't take that long I promise <laughs> no you can take as long as you want I love the thought that it actually takes a step back so um mm. Because as I said, right before we started recording, I was um, saying, telling Summer that I really appreciate who she is and what she's done and her walk of life and how she holds space for not only herself, but so many other people in so many different dynamic ways. And that's how I have grown to know her. And she stayed true to her path all these years. And really, um, it's such a pleasure and an honor to, to invite you to talk about um, yeah, your life and and um, and how you view the how 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 things unfold. I guess suppose. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you asked like what I would want to talk about first, Daniela mentioned sovereignty, and I was like, okay, that kind of rings rings something in me. So <clears throat> starting from the beginning, like I always think about um, the roots, right? So. My grandpa, um, I didn't realize was my adopted grandpa. He adopted my grandma, my mom, when my mom was six months old. And um, yeah, she never, she obviously didn't know her birth father or whatever. So we grew up thinking that we were Filipino, Hawaiian, Chinese. And then when he passed away in 1992, um, I was in eighth grade. Um, my mom had a nervous breakdown and had a bipolar disorder. And um, we found out that she was adopted and that he was Tomorrow and Portuguese, our real grandpa. <clears throat> uh, but the loss of our, our, you know, the grandpa we grew up with was like a major blow because mm -hmm. we had been living with them for, since we were like born basically, like my mom was with my dad and then had my brother two years later and then they split and then she lived with, um, her her parents until maybe four or five years later and then she met someone else but even then they we moved in back with my grandparents so we were always with them they were big like always a part of our lives so when he passed away it was a big huge blow to the whole family so then to have my mom like have that happen to her like we were all devastated and then nobody knew what to do so we ended up houseless um going from family to friends um, on the streets. I was a teenager, so I was running away, stealing my mom's car, going all over the island. Um, nobody knew what to do, how to take care of us or my mother. 
Um, yeah, so that was a pretty difficult time. But um, what I realized now looking back is just how amazingly blessed I am because there are so many things that could have happened otherwise, right? But I was here in Hawaii, right. the most amazing place to be. I mean, otherwise, if I was somewhere else, who, who knows, right? <clears throat> so my grandma moved to Kona not long after my grandpa passed away to settle herself. So when she was settled, then she actually sent for um, my mom and my brother and I, or us kids to go over there with, to Kona so that she could take care of her, give her you know meds or whatever she needed, watch her. Things didn't get much better though, um, even though she did get help and she kind of stabilized. Um, we were still running around like crazy and doing our own thing because we were teenagers and you know that's what we do. <laughs> so even in Kona, but my mom remarried, she moved to Minnesota when I was 16 and then she's been there ever since. So my dad was out of the picture since I was what four or five. So basically I didn't have parents. <laughs> like my grandma was there as much as she could be, but she was trying to, you know, make ends meet by herself and take care of us. And we were nuts. So it was hard for her. Um, so then I was hanai by a, a woman named Lu Kahapea, who's my best friend at the time's um, mom. And my best friend moved from Hilo to Kona. So we moved to Kona at the same time. She was from Hilo wow. and I was from Honolulu. But we were both out. Yeah, it was, it was pretty divine timing and everything looking back on it. So I moved in with her, she took care of me and we were, we were totally, it was just amazing. And then I met my first husband. So I got married twice. The first one, I didn't have any children. And then I actually left him because I was feeling like I was like something wasn't right. And I had totally tried to change myself like completely. He was from the mainland and um, whatever, but I was like, you know, trying to dress like them and like be proper. And like, I was not, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't even think I was local anymore. It was, it was pretty interesting. I moved to Florida for a year, which was pretty nice. I love that. But it was like, something didn't resonate with me. You know, I was like, this, something's weird. So um, I actually got back with my high school sweetheart who was a um, local guy. And um, so we had a couple, we had my son <laughs> in the hospital at Kofiolani, which was amazing. And then Sierra, um, who came to exactly two years later? They're both they're both born on October first. So and, uh, yeah, <laughs> both are at Kapiolani. Two totally different stories though, because like I said, Jordan's one was, was amazing, and I got to bond with him, and like I felt this amazing force of like energy that came from like space and the heavens, and just went through my body and to the earth, and it was I was, it was just when he and then he came out, he was born, and I was like what was that? I have no idea, but it was absolutely amazing. And I've never felt that way again. I never felt that after that. Wow. Um, but from then I, I knew that I'm going to start crying. Now. <laughs> okay. Let it out. <laughs> That's amazing. That's powerful. Yeah. That my life was changed because like, I, I wanted him to and all children ready to have a better world to live in because it like with the world that I went through already was rough you know and I knew it wasn't it wasn't going to get better but or it didn't seem like it was getting better either but so I vowed I was like yeah now my life is about making the world a better place so that it's it 
so that the world deserves these kids. <laughs> right. Um, so even like going through parenting with him from the beginning, like I was by myself, right? I didn't have anybody. Right. Um, my husband's mom wasn't really there. Everybody worked and whatever. So my grandma was still in Kona. I was here on Oahu. You were on Oahu. Yeah. So I was, and I was working at HMSA when I was pregnant. So I was looking for like a sitter and I was like, yeah, I just had this baby. <laughs> I'm not giving him to anybody. Are you crazy? Like, I don't even understand that concept. I was torn, but again, as blessed, I mean, the, the blessings I've had in my life, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stay home. Like the amount of money that I would be making, like I'd be, it'd just be going to babysitting. Like that doesn't even make any sense at all. So I was like, right. I'm just going to stay here and we'll do whatever we need to do to, you know, make it through. You do the most so, important job there is, is raising a young exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there was, there was no other job. <laughs> like, right. what do you mean? Like this baby here, I brought him here. Like, that's my job. Take care of my baby. Um, what, what happened was uh, we were in an apartment in Pearl City, like right by LCC. And uh, his mom actually moved his grandmother out of her house in Palisades. So there, the house was empty. So she asked us if we wanted to live up there. So we moved up there. And uh yeah, we didn't have to really pay anything or anything. So we were good. We, you know, we didn't have to worry about too much. Beautiful. Yeah. So then I started searching. I'm like, okay, I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need connecting connections with other moms who know what they're doing maybe and like who are in the same boat that, or, you know, whatever. I just look for something. And I found Keiki Okaina, Calvary Learning Centers. And then from there... Um, it was just an amazing experience, just learning about Montessori um, practices and um, Hawaiian, Hawaiian culture stuff, because they're Hawaiian from their dad. So that was important to me for them to learn that. Because um, when I was in college on Maui, when I was married the first time, I had gotten really into Hawaiian culture. Um, when I took an ethnobotany class, I had to do like volunteer work. So we had to go out into the community and volunteer and do things. And <clears throat> so I did like different restoration projects and uh, we learned about kappa and um, yeah, all kinds of different Hawaiian culture stuff. And I was like that hooked on since then. <clears throat> so when uh, he got older, I started to um, work there actually. Oh. So, yeah. So I was a parent educator doing the... Um, I can't remember the name of the program right now. Amazing. Kulia <laughs> And um, yeah, Piper actually was in that, that program too for a bit in yeah. Kaneohe. She lived there. Yeah. So it's a Montessori Hawaiian culture-based program that teaches three and four-year-olds how to, you know, learn Montessori and be prepared for school. So it was just, it was just a lot it, amazing. I feel like everybody should be, should have that in their, in their lives when they have kids having the community, you know, and then learning and showing showing that the children are the leaders. You should follow their lead when it comes to learning because if it's not fun for them, they're really not going to pick up on anything, right? Right. Um, 
yeah so then I had Sierra and Sierra's birth was like what led me towards midwifery <laughs> uh. because um yeah her birth was tough it was complete opposite like all the lights were on and the two nurses I had were holding my legs down when I was pushing and I was like, I have to turn, like, I want to turn. And then they were like, just kept pushing my legs down even more so that they were spread open, you know? Oh, no. And then um, her, her head, her, when she came out, her eye had a bruise on it, on it, like her eyeball had a bruise on it. So they're like, oh, we have to take her in for um, monitoring, right? So they had her there for a while, oh. a while. And um, I had her for like one picture, and the look on my face between Jordan's picture and mine is like a night and day. You can tell that something bad, like wrong happened at Sierra's because I was just like in a look of like shock and trauma or something. Oh yeah, so it was, it was interesting. But um, so they took her away and they didn't have any hot water. So like even after she was born, they were like shooting me with ice cold water down there and like they didn't say anything. They were just putting me down with ice cold water I was like whoa that's cold and they're just like oh we have to do this and so they kept going and actually the whole time I was in there which was only 10 hours because I refused to stay any longer um they didn't have any hot water at the hospital whoa that's crazy yeah it was nuts so I was like okay as soon as I can get out of here (laughs) like I'm gone I couldn't I, I couldn't even get myself to go to the nursery I was so upset like it was it was very strange because I went to the nursery with Jordan for Jordan, and um, I kept calling them too, like can you know bring her up, bring her up, and they they kept saying no, oh, she needs to stay here and blah blah blah. So it was very frustrating for me. Um, so did you when, take her AMA? You just got, like left. Um, I didn't know about that at the time, so I didn't. I would have if I known, but um, I just they said you have to stay here for ten hours and then you oh, can go. Hours all they yeah. that but that's really surprising 10 hours wow. so if you it was were discharged but they still had baby in the yeah did they keep sierra observation? oh no no oh you they gave her you. to me like a few hours after okay after her birth yeah and but all it, that for a bruise yeah yeah which i later came to find you know figure out that it was because they didn't want to let me turn right if i had been able to turn Right, missed your tailbone. <laughs> right, yeah. And actually, I feel now like there's like a bone. I need to get some. I, I need to go to a pelvic um, person because there's like a bone that kind of sticks out on the on my right side. If yeah. I put my finger in, then like I can feel a a, a bone. You gotta go. You gotta go hook up with Annie before she moves to Big Island. When is she moving? Uh, soon. Yeah. <laughs> I actually messaged her yesterday. I'm like, hey. I know you're busy, but can we squeeze in an appointment before you go? So, <laughs> or two, one more. Yeah, she, she, I bet you she would do it. She's also good at te- like teaching without necessarily being hands on. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So Sierra rocked your pelvis a bit, <laughs> and they yeah. observe her eyeball, <laughs> and you <laughs> like get me the f out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and you learned the retrospective lesson of how amazing your body was. It was communicating with you. The intuition is like, oh, the movement's got to do it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it's so different yeah. too, right? Because most birth stories, it's like the first one is the like hard, uh, and then yeah. the second one, they're like, oh, it was so fast. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, even for Jordan, thinking about it, like I was at the beach, <laughs> and when 
and I was actually in the water when the water broke when his you know bags broke so I was waiting in there I'm like oh okay I think that was the water and then you know all of a sudden the surgery started coming and I'm like oh okay I think we should go now so I got to go in the shower because I had sat on my on on me Uh uh-huh so I was in the shower I took advantage of that you know I was like oh this feels really good so I was in there like cruising and waiting until they they pulled me out they told me I had to get out but so everything worked pretty amazing for Jordan's birth yeah right and um yes and then Sierra's and so I like carried her a lot and she was she was my more clingy baby like Jordan was pretty independent but Sierra was always wanting to be on me and like I was trying to do birth work. I started to do birth work not long after that because I saw the Vince being born when she was like, what, a year and a half or two or something. Like she was yeah, still pretty probably. young. Yeah. Gosh, that so, movie. Oh God. I know, right? I'm like, oh, wait, she's 14 right now. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, after seeing that, that documentary and, you know, everything went from there. We were like, Oh, I know. Doing the... <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was a game changer for me, too. And, and mm-hmm. if, listeners, if you haven't l- watched this documentary, I really suggest you go watch it. So relevant. I'm not sponsored right? by it, but I'm totally open to it. <laughs> I'm not getting kickbacks for this. I just genuinely think it's helpful. It might be slightly outdated and whatnot, but still very relevant. Yeah, totally. If, if not more so on some level Uh, yeah considering the past year we've had yeah like I there was a pediatrician that was um that's in our kappa class and she was she's she was talking about how like um people were doing things because of business and not necessarily because of what was better for patients and stuff and I'm like dude you need to see the business of being born have you heard of it she's Uh like no like yeah you need to see that and like you're you're a pediatrician and you know just the two together you just said in my head I'm like dude you need to see that that documentary still yeah like you said so relevant still but yeah so training to be a doula childhood educator and then us getting together and doing our thing and doing the resource book and then the mid-pacific conference on birth and primal health research that was crazy and then yeah I couldn't believe that (laughs) all got you guys really pulled off an amazing feat and everything that happened after that, like, it was, yeah, it was amazing, amazing stuff. And, um, yeah, and that was 2012. So, and, like, thinking about this astrologer that I listened to, he talks about how, like, from that, from 2012, we're kind of seeing, like, a, a pattern of what happened then and what's happening now. I'm still trying to figure it out, but it, it's pretty, I still feel pretty amazing, even though with everything that's going on. Like, I still feel that, like, re- emergence of something new, something that's that's changing the world, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't remember where I was going with this. So, after Sierra's birth, doing birth work, um, yeah, and then I, so I got divorced <laughs> after um, doing birth work for a while, because, you know, doing birth work is tough, and being a mom and not having supportive partner I mean you can't do it right other without right. those you things need somebody to help take care so, of you too. <laughs> yeah so we did the best we could as a community like with Piper and you and everyone else who like tried to help and it you know but so I got divorced and then um I had to live with 
different friends again. So kind of that cycle repeated of when I was a teenager, having to be houseless again and like living with other people and um, figuring out how to be a single mother and try to work and go to school because I needed to make more money and all that kind of stuff. So, but, um, so I put myself on the section eight list back then. It, that was what, 2013, 14, maybe? Right. Yeah. 14. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. 14. So I waited what, six years to get, in, to get, um, the section eight. And you know that you cannot live in Hawaii on a single person's income making less than 80,000 a year. Right. So, yeah. That's what they I mean. Say. Yeah. And that's, that's a couple actually, right. That's like, if you have a family for something like that, you just can't do it. 80,000, less than 80,000. Yeah. Right? 80,000 is the bare minimum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of what they yeah so I make way less than that. <laughs> yeah. Most people, yeah. well, not most, I don't know about most, but there's that great divide here. You know, there's like the yeah. Uber and then there's not, there's not a lot of in between. Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe globally mm-hmm. what's happening, anyways, right? The 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 yeah, deeper. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So well, I have to depend on all you know every single system. What's that? Six years to get help too. You know, I mean the efficiency of, and it's reflective of even the birth work, right? Like this, this is how much the the system really cares for you. Is that the we'll give it to you. Just keep waiting. Just keep mm-hmm. struggling. Just keep suffering. <laughs> yeah. So I had to stop doing birth work in order to take care of your kids and just take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just- yeah. So it's been off and on, off and on going to birth work. Yeah. But this past time is, yeah, it's been a longer, a longer stretch. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, just trying to figure out other things. So um, after I'm trying to figure out like what happened in between like 2014 and 2020. So I had Clover, of course. Yeah, you had Clover. <laughs> Which gave me with my birth team. Yeah. And then her her birth was like so amazing and like crazy and transformative and like again the hindsight um lessons and everything because of course you know I was doing birth work so I'm like okay I'm good I know what's what's going on when I'm what I'm doing and stuff and then like um the what was it uh sorry (laughs) the postpartum was like nuts yeah your postpartum was hard and then like even her coming out, it was like she wasn't breathing. I had to give her breath. We did. And then oxygen and I was bleeding. So I had to have some Pitocin and yeah. all that. And it was like, um, and then the migraine, dude, that was insane. That's, I still want to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really, I would be fascinated to find out because that was one of the most wicked I mean, it was forever. Mm-hmm. And it was nonstop. It was insane. I can't even. So I actually had to go into the hospital, right? And get IV fluids. So it has something to do with electrolytes. So then I was thinking it was kidneys or like, you know, liver or something that's filtered or something. But right. all tests I get is nothing wrong. So there's something else. And I still have to figure it out. 
You don't get migraines now. Yeah, so do you get once migraines? in a while now? Once in a while. But not for days. Yeah, but you know, I know you do the yeah, gosh, no, couple, but not for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so and then yeah. have not having like her dad was like not as supportive of as I would hope have hoped, right? But he was brand new and like well, and I had my older two kids still. and I still like, Jordan and Sierra were so little too. I mean they were big, but they're pretty little. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So Sierra was 10. They're at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But they were so much help too. They loved they helped out a lot. They were great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so that was pretty pretty amazing um and then um yeah being with her dad for a while and then leaving him again because it was just not like she wasn't even a year and we split because just it wasn't healthy and um I just hurt found myself feeling like I wasn't me anymore like I was this angry person like just trying to get through the day and like um yeah I just didn't feel like myself and I was finding that okay you gotta you gotta stop like even though um you know I needed help because you can't live on your own like I said already but you know to afford living here like having somebody somebody be to be with was like helpful but the the relationship was absolutely insane so I'm like no we we cannot we cannot so again I had to go and stay with my friend and I waited um what a few more years until I got the section eight and we moved into this place February of 2020 so right before we got locked down um I'm I'm gonna cry again (laughs) okay because I mean I keep saying it but I am absolutely beyond blessed because I can't even imagine how what it would have been like. Right. Because everybody's, you know, trying, needing to be separate, trying to like trying to be in a place. Like nobody would have been like, oh yeah, summer, it's okay because it wouldn't have been as easy. Right. And I, it was, it had to stop anyway. But so and um. It was funny, or not funny, but it was interesting because when I got the keys, as soon as it got in my hand, like I felt this weight lift off my shoulders, this huge weight. I didn't, I didn't even realize it was there, but it was just gone. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that I was holding on to it, this weight for who knows how long, but it was, yeah, I just felt lighter. And so the whole time I was like, even though the world was like collapsing and it was crazy. I was sitting here like so grateful to have a freaking cabinet to put my food in, you know, instead of living out of stuff and having my own place to sleep and my kids having their own space and not having to deal with other people and their like personalities or whatever and how they feel about the kids and, or, you know, whatever, anything, everything. Using the setup, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so in June or July, I had reached out. Oh, so I, I 
<laughs> got my degree in um, social work from UH um, last summer in July of 2022. Um, and it was funny because it was the first cohort that it was completely online. Like they never did it before. Bachelor in social work. Yeah. And of course I couldn't do it otherwise because I had to work two or three jobs, right? To to keep making money, but and still go to school. So it was perfect. And I so I graduated last year. It was just (laughs) another weight lifted, right? Yeah. Totally. Like I've been feeling like most of my life, like I try to get, I try to reach a goal and for some reason it like, I never get to it. Like for childbirth education classes, like I never got my certificate. Doula um, work, I never got certified. Like uh, midwifery, I never. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm I like, hear you, I get it. Yeah, no, not that's the thing. It's funny. Like everybody says that, like they're like, Summer, you're on your own path. And then like, I, I totally agree because I, I try to do like what it, you know the normal path or whatever and it just never works out so I'm like I have to make my own like whatever that is however that looks like yeah trailblazer um yeah and it's like yeah I don't know it's so the sovereignty thing is like that's it like I feel like I was made for this time because everything's not certain and like um we have to like realize that we are connected, like we depend on each other. We are each other. There is no separation. There is no separation from God and the planet, God and us, us and the earth, us and the butterfly, tree, each other, especially, yeah. It's like, if it wasn't for other people who opened their heart and their homes to me and my kids, like, where, where would I be? And then it's like, we're losing, we're losing that, that sense of like, being able to have empathy and the willingness to, to give without expectation, to give for the kindness of your heart, for the kind, for humanity, just because another human is in need, you know? And that's where like, I see the Aloha spirit was like, in my in my life from, like I said, from the beginning, right? Yeah. My, gra- my grandpa adopted my mom. She, and that was like everything that started everything. So all the people that like, have like taken care of me, most of them are Hawaiian people. Like Selena took me in, and, but she's like my my mom, right? My midwife yeah. mom. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been Hawaiian, so I'm like, yeah. So that's why, like, my 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 heart and soul and like living is like perpetuating Hawaiian culture because it. I say it. It raised me, and like it, it took care of me. If without, without. Hawaiian culture like who knows where I would be and my kids would be and and we can go on and look at the history of Hawaii and it's like so much um, of like taking and using and 
it being all about money all the time and what people can make get out of it right what people can get out of Hawaii and it's like no we gotta give back now it's time we have to give back we have to stop we have to look at every single this is the message that came this past weekend it's like everything every single little thing we do right now has to be done with loving intention like loving intention everything anything else is like feeding the the fear feeding the ugliness that we see that we have already here so we have to like really stop and like do everything with loving intention so going back again like in july i reached out to my friend who was in a social work um class and this parent um parent leadership training that i that i did last year too she was in that class but um so she was working in the affordable housing groups and um so there's this thing called affordable hawaii for all um who is like a bunch of different people from various backgrounds looking at how we can create more affordable housing. And um, another group that stemmed from them is one that was developed in the state. And they took um, people from various backgrounds, again, like Alexander and Baldwin and um, different nonprofit organizations. And then like um, us guys who are like the community voices, right? Who have lived through houselessness and whatever. Um, so there's people from Pu'ohonua Waianae, right? The houseless camp in uh, yeah. Waianae. They just got land, so they're developing over there. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So so we're all, so because I was here, I was like, okay, now I'm going to do whatever I can. <sighs> I'm going to cry again. <laughs> okay. So that hopefully others don't have to go through what I, what I had to go through, you know? right we can't we can't have this and then like all around us there's like all these i mean eva so all these buildings are going up and i'm like all these apartments and stuff i'm like you know what nobody's gonna be able to fucking live here live in any from here right everyone's gonna come from outside i'm like and but that see this is i'm a conspiracy theorist also conspiracy theorist i feel like that was that's part of the plan right the, the grand plan is like they want hawaii they want people to be separate they want mauna kea so like this whole thing just went out because they wanted us to separate again because we were coming together right there was uprising like everywhere on in the world yeah the whole Everybody. world yeah it's true. everybody was rallying for mauna kea too so it was like okay we got to shut them down because they're getting too powerful mm -hmm. yeah and then now they're trying to, you know, make the imbalance of people who are not aware and not do don't don't care about Hawaii to come here, right, and live, and then they'd be able to do whatever they want because, you know, most of the people living here will now be on their level thinking like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter, just put up whatever and take well, land. Coming to Hawaii and expecting to change it as opposed to letting Hawaii change them. Right, totally, yeah. And then like, but even with local people though, their their mindsets are now in that that mentality of money and making a living or having a, a house and whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, when it's not sustainable, 
Well, it's American. It's not sustainable. Values, right? We're American. Exactly. So yeah, good. exactly. And it's not. This is not America. <laughs> and it's been, even the UN acknowledges that, which is the most bizarre thing of how can it still be. But the more they yeah. cover the land and make it less sustainable, mm-hmm. make it so, exactly. I mean, look at what they've done in a hundred years, they turned it from being 90% sustainable to a hundred percent non-sustainable. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. Well, the way exactly. that the farms used to work, we were just talking about this with another family the other day out in um, Ho'omaluhia and, you know, the way that the Hawaiians mm. were stewards of the land and that it was plentiful and yeah. Yeah. And they realized that there is no separation. Like people think that Hawaiians were like uh, worshiping other gods, right? They had gods that whatever, and it goes against Christianity and whatever, but the Akua, that they prayed to were elements of the planet. They weren't like some god. <laughs> like yeah, it was it was it was Earth. It was just the elements that they were they were um ob- they were observers. I mean, they traveled the freaking world in canoes, <laughs> just using the elements. I mean, that's the thing too. It's like we're losing the freaking genius, the brilliance of it. I'm mean, of of the culture is like way, way beyond our, our, what we know even right now. And it was like pushed down, right? And suppressed and oppressed and- Illegal. So then, and yeah, and people don't even know. People don't know because we've been fed the lie and people accept it because it's in our faces, right? But nobody's talking about or learning. There's not a lot of discussion and people don't think for themselves anymore. They just so it's a whole cultural perspective paradigm shifting, which yeah. goes hand in hand with birth because and sovereignty. It's all the same. It's all connected. Like I said, nothing's separate. <laughs> it goes for everything. There is. There's no separation. True. Thanks for bringing it back to the birth because I was like, I got to bring it back to the midwifery stuff real quick. And <laughs> all the, everything we've talked about in previous podcasts and just the midwifery politics here in Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they passed that bill and they're like, oh, but it's okay because Hawaiian midwives are exempt. And to anyone that doesn't know anything about everything you're sharing right now, the history of Hawaii, it's like, oh, great. They get their exemption. They're good. It's not interfering with Hawaiian culture. It's like, yeah, but you're forgetting the fact that it was illegal to practice any Hawaiian culture for a long time. So they lost a lot of that knowledge. So mm. it's nice, like, yeah, sure, you can be a Hawaiian midwife, but you guys kind of killed off most of the Hawaiian midwives and all that knowledge. So mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, are you actually being nice, though? You're not. Right. You're still interfering because it's, yeah. they're amidst trying to reclaim, rediscover, remember so much knowledge that was criminalized for a long time. And, and it was straight mm-hmm. up illegal to speak the language and the dance and all of this, right? So... Right. Um, so context matters. You need to know all of yeah. that in order to yeah. understand where we're yeah. at. So well, then it comes back to sovereignty, period, right? Because like, why are we even going to listen or even follow the freaking laws of the, that illegal government? Like, right. it, really, we don't. You don't have to. Because <laughs> like, right. sovereignty 
is what we're after and we have to take it any every way we can because they're trying to take it from us in every way they can well i even think about um you know birthing at home and birthing out of the system and now it's even that mm-hmm. people because if you have somebody who attends you they better not call themselves a midwife you know because mm-hmm. we'll have them and what happened to that sovereignty right like what that's why people were choosing to not birth in those hospitals and in those systems and now in order to birth out of the hospital with an attendant you know it either has to be someone who you don't identify as a midwife or you have to have this cookie cutter this is the education this is Mm -hmm. this is what is okay and i Mm -hmm. see that probably even you may notice that in what's being brought back as far as um more mainstream knowledge of Hawaiian culture, right? I mean, or what has been, what has been preserved is the stuff that you can commodify, right? Hula Mm -hmm. and craft and, you know, Mm -hmm. these things. And I understand a whole nation craving to remember more than that. Remember Mm -hmm. their ways, remember the stars, remember how to be with the earth and steward it and yeah and it does it start it's like the beginning the creation the mm-hmm. how to relate to a because you can see a core you can see the wind you can see the rain i mean you can see the mm-hmm. wind affecting the rain that's how you can see the wind you can feel the wind is <laughs> 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 the water the mountains you can see it you can relate to it and how it changes mm-hmm. and its characteristics and it can speak to you and you can understand it from season to season and if, if you, you pay attention <laughs> Right. And then you will use that insight to support you in supporting your health and your relationship with your baby and then birthing that baby and raising that. Mm -hmm. And there's so many disruptions along the way that we have to navigate now. Well, bringing it back to what you said about then moving forward with intentional love. Right. Mm -hmm. So not even just like, do we even have to listen to these laws, but like, do your sovereign business and do it with integrity and do it with love. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, that's the path I think to get back to some of those, uh, all these other things that I think largely the world is really craving. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emptiness in rolling or these informal like dialects and, you know, um, turning the head instead of, but really feeling that pull when you're seeing someone in need or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So showing up in, in your, uh, in your own way for people, other people. Yeah. Right. And I think one of the main messages for this, this, this whole thing that we're going through is like having to be isolated. Like that means there is no distraction there there should be no distraction what you need to do right now is look in your freaking self (laughs) who are you what are you what do you stand for what are your morals what are your values what are you willing to fight for what are you are you questioning like are you learning are you evolving are you just following are you like who are you and what do you what are you bringing to the community 
where what is your 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 part and like do you even want to be a part like all this like everything matters everything is gonna it needs to be considered because we're obviously birthing a new world <laughs> yes, we are. we're literally creating a, a new world and we're all co-creators we all we are all co-creators of it so if we don't know who what we know who we are and what we bring then what what's happening then like for me it's like there's something somebody telling you to, what to do right right well and i feel like that's largely why things are the way they are right now because a lot of people have put their nose down and done the things right like mm -hmm. do and and now um yeah we have had a year to sit and think about it mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> silver lining right people have I mean, largely it has really been a catalyst for people having to define themselves for their own sake. It's like, oh, yeah, right. Wait, what do I care about? What is important to me in this world? I can't just willy nilly anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I have right. to send for something or not. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> yeah. So, can you share a bit about how this whole journey of, sovereignty and figuring out what's important to you in this world and your purpose and how that relates to getting into social work? Oh, yeah. Um, so after I got in contact with my friend and started getting involved with these different affordable housing projects and things, um, one of my statements I made to the universe was that if you get me on a piece of land that I can farm my own food and take care of my kids like I'll get I can leave all of this like I'm on assistance for everything right for housing and food and whatever I don't get money like because I work but <laughs> like I, I wouldn't I, I don't I will get rid of all of it like I don't I don't want to be um dependent on whatever anything I want to be my you know sovereign be my own do my own thing so um yeah, everything's been been interesting and just falling into place. So I met with I met this um, this woman at a women's circle, and she's with this uh, foundation, and they have property in Haula, and they're like from the ground up building a, a, a intentional community and um, a Hawaiian culture educational center, and they're working with a Kumuhula, and he wants to have a living Hawaiian cultural education place where people from or kids from kindergarten up can go there to learn all the different things that there is for Hawaiian culture. So having the Kumuhula now who are already doing work like that and have knowledge of their specific, you know, thing that they know of in their in their place, like in Oahu or in Hawaii Island and all that kind of stuff, um, have it at that one place and then kids can come and learn and stuff like that but it's also like a community and like a spiritual center and all these kind of things, but it's from the ground up. So I don't want to share too much, but so things are developing that way. And I just, I'm just like, again, feel so, feel so blessed with everything that that's happened. Yeah. So just, just wanting to have, um, okay. So that parenting it, the parent leadership training that I did, we had to have a, a project, right? So my project was I wanted to have a place where single moms could go to that if they were leaving like a relationship or like they needed some place to go, you know, whatever, in like a 
a second, they, they had a place to go with their kids that wasn't a shelter and you, you didn't have to go through all this red tape. It's just like, you need a place to be with your child or whatever, and you need to be gone, then here's a place, a safe place to be. So I'm still working on that with like the affordable housing people. And then um, kind of with that foundation thing that that's in Haula. So it's kind of all together and kind of coming together. But yeah, that that's that's, that's the thing. How... I'm like community, bringing that sense of community again, you know? Yeah, you know, that's how Medra- For the greatest uh, good of all. <laughs> for the greater good of all, that's right. Yeah, you know, we've been mm -hmm. spending some time with Medra and that was kind of her initiation actually that pushed her into midwifery work was um, she used to let battered women stay at her house. Her husband was overseas and she was there with the kids and she at once she had 30 women at, and their kids at some like through one year. She wow. had no expectation. Mm -hmm. She would go and meet the police and pick them up and take them back to her house and she never had any trouble either, which is really amazing. Um, awesome. Her kids opening their home up to whoever needed it. Door is right. open. She's like, I never locked my door. It was always open. Never locked my I had a dog yeah. and a machete. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all she needed. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that was her that, heart. That's my goal now. I want to have a dog and a machete. And <laughs> have your intentions of love. <laughs> You're golden. That's right. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Well, I love it. And I think that we need to stay in that visionary light, you know, like stay optimistic, mm -hmm. stay hopeful, keep moving yeah. forward, know that there's no backward, it's all forward and yeah. all catapults. And it's also kind of cool to think about the fact that you're breaking this cycle that you've kind of seen on repeat, you know, and um, and you have been doing that. You have been accumulating to this point and then seeing this real bigger picture, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're a pretty incredible woman and you can hold an incredible space for other people because of all you've seen and all the paths that you've crossed and the people who have shared and both your joys and your hardship. And, um, and mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, that message of like living a, a loving and intentional life is, and in sovereignty, in your integrity, I think that that is the message. That's the message that just needs to be mantraed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not afraid to look at your shadow too. Like that's the thing that we've, that keeps us right from not looking inwards is the shadows, the, the shadow yeah. bad things, that, you know, it's like, that's part of being human. And we've that, like the society that we've created so far has been like, Oh, you, you know, you get shunned or made fun of or blasted on internet and even teenagers. I mean, I, we could go on about that, but <laughs> knowing that, <laughs> knowing that, you know, we have to, recognize have reverence respect and honor and look at what lessons are in the dark places too not just the light parts because you know everybody's a lot of people are like oh you know you want to stay light and you know look at only the great things but looking at the shadows too that is important because we all have them we all have them no one's freaking perfect and we can't keep going like that 
Because then when we do that to ourselves, that's why we do it to other people, right? Well, and that's we're where running away. lessons often are, is in yeah, the, yeah, like, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta look at that, like that's something mm-hmm. I deal with. So, right. like, burn. it ain't easy exactly. for a reason, <laughs> right? Exactly. See, it all comes back to birth because, like, we we know. <laughs> there's a stall because something in there is wanting to be looked at right or they needs to come out or someone in the room needs to go like there's something there that you have to figure out that's right that's (laughs) That's, right that's stalling yeah and then that lessons in the hindsight yeah Mm -hmm. amazing all comes back to yep and we've all been born so you know right we are all connected Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the spiritual part, right? We, we've kind of got away from the spiritual part of, of birthing, which is why midwifery is so important because it's totally a part of it. You know, that kind of inner knowing and the, the, like how we're talking about the, the stalls and stuff like that. It's all having that, that, that listening to of your, of your now, right. Of your, there's something that we listen to in our, you know, in ourselves, in the knowing even though it's not like on paper or like whatever, there's a spiritual thing that's, that's, that's communicating with us. That's like, okay, something's up, you know? Right. Like that beam coming through you right before Jordan was in your arms. (laughs) Well, you can maybe in some spiritual books, but that's not the typical birth textbook. That's not in most childbirth education classes. And the truth is not everyone's going to feel that per se, but still the fact that it's a possibility to feel this other very intense, magical energy running through you like that. Well, and it's unique. It's unique per baby. It's unique per, you know, I mean, each woman and then each of her births and gosh, Mm -hmm. so true. And so standing in your sovereignty so So, that's the thing too like sovereignty and also having respect for other people's sovereignty right exactly yep because you can't you can't say that you have sovereignty and then not respect someone else's like everyone has their own so it's like just because they have a different um viewpoint on something like you can't what are you gonna say like they they're wrong and then they have to be gone like off the planet is like no we all bring something we're all here for a reason if we can look at our at each person and see where their gifts are how fucking amazing would the world be right if we honored each other's gifts i mean their own their own freaking choices and how they want to live yeah that's the goal all right we're doing it we're gonna get there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> known that for a long time. <laughs> totally. oh, well, that's really great. Is there anything else that you want to share with uh, the community? Uh, it doesn't just have to be moms, you know, I mean, because it's the whole, like you said, it's the interconnectedness that makes the world go around. So you know, any last yeah. wise words or, 
anything you'd like to share or if people want to get in touch with you or curious on the housing project mm -hmm. or what we can do to help our community because you are so entwined and it's amazing <laughs> um yeah anybody could give me a, a call or even on instagram or whatever my email is uh some love 808 at gmail and my number is 387-1098 for whatever talk story i'm always open but um the affordable housing stuff is um mostly like if you hear of any kind of event going on like a food drive or like um anything anything having to do with community because just relating with somebody else will get you to somebody who has experienced houselessness like it's that it's that there's so many people that are houseless or you know have have lived it so just getting involved in the community period is going to get you to helping somebody who, who needs help um and then thinking about women and our relationship to the earth right like i heard the saying that the way we treat women is the way that we treat the earth the way that we treat the earth is the way that we treat women so bringing back the reverence and understanding that we carry we are the only ones who can bring children into the world we are the only ones who can bring spirit into physical form like why are we not respecting that honoring that putting reverence onto that it's like because i think because we don't have that we also look at the earth as like, oh, it's just something that it does and we don't give, really know. When. Give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't have to honor it or whatever, it's just that. But no, we need to we need to support it and give give back to it and make sure it's okay, make sure it's thriving and like not just keep taking and you know, using it for whatever it has. Because we do everything as women. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Even those who identify as women, you know, it, it, we can go on about that too. But the, yeah. the feminine, and you know, and we all have a feminine side. Men do too. And then the, that that pushing away that they do of the feminine, right? Thinking that they're going to be less than if they acknowledge that they have it, even or letting it come through. That right. pushing away still, like honoring the feminine in in ourselves but especially women and because it honors the earth too. So I'll leave, I I'll think I that. <laughs> I really like that analogy, actually. I think that's great. That's really great. Aww. Thank you for opening up here with us and with the community, whoever may be listening. Um, that's an important part of this podcast that we're putting out it's the stories it's honoring the journeys of women and the many ways it can look and just having a platform yeah. for it and honoring you and your story um your family story your genealogy and and also letting others learn from it and be inspired by it and just bear witness to it mm. um, thank you so much you guys yeah yes. Yes. thank you love you love you love you love thank you so much Yes, aloha. Aloha.